Today I'm going to speak about Zhuangzi's wisdom on oneness and the general Taoist view of the fundamental unity of the entire universe. I recommend you go and watch my other episode of Enlightenment Today, which thoroughly explores the teachings of Zhuangzi. But today I'm going to specifically look at one core teaching within the Zhuangzi text, which is that the universe is fundamentally one, that there's a fundamental unity within all life, that there's a oneness within life, that we can actually perceive when we have got out of a certain hypnosis that socialization inculcates within us. Now, there's an interesting passage within the Zhuangzi text that kind of evokes a lot of mystery with people who study Zhuangzi and some people don't understand this passage. It's one of the most beautiful phrases within the Zhuangzi text. Now the phrase goes, when there is no more separation between this and that, it's called the still point of the Tao. At the still point in the center of the circle, one can see the infinite in all things. Now, as you can see from that phrase, you can see why a lot of people do get confused. What is this and that? And um, why, when we get rid of this and that, do we see the infinite in all things? So first of all, we have to look at Zhuangzi's general philosophy on how we see the world, our perception of the world. And if he was alive today, he would probably be heavily criticized because he has a pretty heavy stance against rationality, the overuse of being logical and being rational about everything. He thinks that this causes a lot of problems and thoroughly explains within the Zhuangzi text that life itself is actually irrational and the way that we live our life most of the time is irrational. So when we look at this from a cognitive science perspective, the cold cognition, when we think about the cold cognition, the cold cognition is the analytical part of the mind. So we're logic, where we're rational, where we dissect things between this and that, good and bad, right and wrong. And in this world, we mainly emphasize and we mainly train the cold cognition as, as we see with modern education where people, especially in places like, ironically, in Eastern Asia, where, where children are forced to study, 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 and go to school for an humane amount of hours each day, which is just terrible for the mind, as Zhuangzi was explaining back in that day. And he was more of an advocate of the hot cognitive aspects of the mind or of the brain, which are found in the more primal and unconscious regions of the brain, which is the function of the mind that evokes spontaneity, intuition, and inspiration, the feeling of love and awe and all of these natural emotions that we have. Sure, to be fair, that if we are too much like that, we can be too emotional and so forth and so on. But Zhuangzi skillfully explains that within that, that's where actually the, the beauty of life comes from, is from that more hot cognitive 
parts of the brain. And he goes on to explain thoroughly that we've, he doesn't use the, the cognitive science terms, but we've gone on to overuse and, and emphasize too much attention on cultivating the cold part of our brain, the analytical part of our brain, which is the part of our brain which is discerns between this and that. To explain this even in more detail from Zhuangzi's perspective, we have to look at the Chinese word Qing, which comes from Maoist logical theory from the teacher Maltzer back in the Warring States period of China, who was a contemporary of Zhuangzi. And Qing in Chinese, we can translate in a few ways in English, but when we look at it from the Maoist logical theory perspective, we translate that as species-specific essence. Now what that means is that, for example, each species in the world has a specific essence about it. For example, a horse has an amazing natural way of galloping which is different than any other animal. The grace and the beauty of that horse, the way it gallops, is its species-specific essence, we could say, as an example. But when Zhuangzi looks at humanity, he says that our species-specific essence is a flaw. And what is our species-specific essence? It's our ability to discern between this and that. He says that this is a flaw that our Qing, our natural Qing, is a flaw. And it's something that we have to cleanse from our mind to understand the nature of reality. That's kind of ironic because when we look at in the modern world, especially when we look at science, we're only cultivating the cold cognition, the analytical part of ourselves, the logical part of ourselves, to try and understand the nature of reality. <laughs> and Zhuangzi is saying, you need to pump the brakes on that and go back in reverse and go in the opposite direction, back into a rationality and back into cleansing out of your mind this habit of discerning between this and that. And Zhuangzi's got good reason to say it's a flaw because when we, when we look at Qing, when we discern between this and that, what happens when we discern between this and that? Our mind begins, begins to interpret what is right and wrong. So we begin to develop subjective opinions upon a reality that is objectively the same for all of us, but we're all projecting our own subjective opinions onto the way we perceive the world. So this is why Zhuangzi's teaching here is, is very important to understand. Because when we do that, just in that habit of discerning between this and that, that habit leads to all the trouble and conflict within the world and within your own mind. So it's kind of really interesting because when people, for example, say, how do we stop going to war? How do we stop all of this political turmoil and all of these turmoils with our fellow man? Zhuangzi would come along and say, you have to stop discerning between this and that on a subjective level. And it's interesting because Qing itself, when we look at the translation of Qing, the, the understanding of discerning between this and that, we can look in another part of Asia to see exactly the same knowledge being explained 
But before that time, back in the Upanishadic era, in the Indus Valley, where we have the term Maya in Sanskrit, and a lot of people say Maya means illusion, and it does mean illusion, but when we look at the root of Maya, the root Sanskrit of Maya, which is Martar, this means the measurement of reality, which is interesting. So Maya actually means the measurement of reality. And what's also amazing is that this root Sanskrit, Martar, is the source of a lot of Greco-Latin words such as material, matter, meter, and matrix. So when we look at Maya, Maya is explaining that when our mind stays in this habit of discerning between this and that, we are building an illusion of our actual reality. This is the illusion of separation. And this is why Maya is explained as illusion because when we see reality through the lens of our own subjective viewpoint, then we are constructing a reality that doesn't actually truly exist. So both Zhuangzi and the great sages of the Upanishadic era would get along fine because they both have the same viewpoint. This is like a fundamental philosophy amongst most Eastern spiritual paths is this idea of creating this illusion according to our own subjective viewpoint. They just explain it in different ways, as you see with Qing and Maya. But if we nut down both philosophies, it's the bad habit, or as Qing, the, our natural essence or our natural flaw to discern between this and that, which causes all the problems in the world. So Zhuangzi's wisdom is that when we continue to operate and function from this Qing mindset, this natural flaw that we have within us to discern between this and that, that we cannot understand or come into resonance with the oneness or the unity of the entire universe. So Zhuangzi is saying here that we essentially have to cleanse our mind, cleanse our perception. And then once we begin to cleanse our perception, our awareness begins to deepen within us and then we begin to not just see the unity of life but have a sense of oneness deep within yourself where you can experience then the infinite in all things. Your perception has essentially evolved to see reality as it truly is. So the problem then becomes what do we do to cleanse our perception? so we can see reality as it truly is. And Zhuangzi has one of the best pieces of advice that any great sage of ancient times could offer us. He says that we need to fast the mind. Now this, in that passage where he says you need to fast the mind, that's actually where I've got the name of my book, Fasting the Mind, was from Zhuangzi. And Zhuangzi says we need to fast the mind. And what does fast the mind mean? It means that we need to control what's going in through these two things, the eyes and the ears. You know, when we talk about fasting, we often talk about controlling what we eat, how we eat, when we eat, and how much we eat. But we don't often think about what we're consuming through our eyes and ears. And Zhuangzi said this is way more important 
than being too concerned about what's going in through your mouth. So we have to fast the mind. And when we begin to fast the mind, our perception begins to deepen where we begin to perceive the true nature of reality from a sense of oneness we have deep within ourselves. So what would be the practical tools for fasting the mind? And it's ironic because as I mentioned before, there's a lot of similarity between Zhuangzi's philosophy and Hinduism and the Upanishadic era because to fast the mind, we have to think about the idea of neti neti in Sanskrit. Neti neti, usually people think it means not this, not this, not the body. It can mean that, but its original interpretation was kind of like mental renunciation getting you out of the habit of discerning between this and that. So you, you begin to train yourself, not this, not this. You are strengthening your awareness to perceive that your mind, in a sense, is not acting in accord with your true nature, the Atman in, in Sanskrit. So you have to sort of train this ability. So to achieve neti neti, you have to practice the vika, which is discrimination within your mind. So the discernment within your mind to understand this is not me, this is not me, this is just the mind's activity. This is just the mind bubbling up and doing what it does. These are just things that are just coming to the surface of my mind. I do not need to act upon them. And you know, we are often in the bad habit of acting upon these subconscious bubbles that happen within our mind and we, be, we begin to act upon them and usually get ourselves in trouble <laughs> or we act emotionally or, or we overreact to things that actually don't need any attention at all. What you do need is just to pay attention to that content within your mind. And Zhuangzi would say that the constant practice of the Vika is constantly fasting your mind. It's, it's slowing down the mind's ability to always be active and to always ruminate on itself. And so that practice is very important. And also, as I mentioned before, not consuming too much noise through the eyes and ears that socialization wants you to consume, to keep you bound to this identity. And Zhuangzi is saying you're not this identity. You are part of the infinite in all things. And so you have to fast the mind. You have to cease a lot of this stimulation within your mind because all that's happening is this stimulation that's coming within your mind is agitating the mind and you are beginning to think that this agitation is actually you and it's not you at all. So you've got to really take Zhuangzi's advice seriously. And so to take it seriously in the modern day, you need to really slow your life down. You've got to get off social media. You've got to stop fidgeting with your phone. You have to stop watching television. You've got to stop all of this and allow your mind to start to rest and reach equanimity. And only from this point, as Zhuangzi said, will you begin to see reality as it truly is. So when we follow this practice of Zhuangzi, the mind becomes pristine. This is kind of an idea in the East that we hear about a lot of the pristine mind, which is very tranquil and clear. And this means that 
it's not polluted with subjective opinions of this and that. It's cleansed that from its mind and it can perceive reality as it truly is. And this is the importance of following the fasting the mind philosophy in the East, which is the one of the core teachings of Zhuangzi. So only then when we live from that pristine mind will we understand what enlightenment is because that is the enlightened mind because we begin to act spontaneously of itself, Zidran in Chinese, which is how nature actually is and we are a part of nature. So that, that acting spontaneously of itself doesn't mean you're acting upon the contents within your mind. It means that you've brought your mind back down to equanimity and you are just acting with what is needed in that moment. And from that spontaneity, we begin to perceive the spontaneous beauty and nature of the entire universe, which as Zhuangzi skillfully explains, we cannot come to a logical conclusion about because it's completely irrational. That's what nature is. It's completely irrational. And what we have forgot because we've overtrained our cold cognition is that we cannot come to a logical conclusion to what the entire universe is, as Zhuangzi skillfully explained. And so to understand the infinite in all things, to understand reality itself, we need to get out of the bad habit of trying to discern what reality actually is. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I really hope you do dive into Zhuangzi philosophy because Zhuangzi for me is one of the elite sages. He's up in the category of Shankara, Lao Tzu, Gautama the Buddha, all the greats. And a lot of people just don't know Zhuangzi and you really do need to study and learn Zhuangzi and when you do you'll begin to live more freely, more peacefully and you'll just be out of the habit of thinking, overthinking things and just allowing life to be as it will. So I hope you enjoyed. Leave a comment below. Tell me your stories about Zhuangzi, how he's impacted your life, what's some of the greatest passages you've read in the Zhuangzi, or just, you know, in general, what do you want to know about Zhuangzi? Make sure you're subscribed and also turn on that little bell notification because I'll have other episodes of Enlightenment Today coming out in the future and also other vlogs. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Shanti, shanti, shanti. Mm -hmm.